Hey guys, welcome back. My name is Santi. Uh, today I'll be discussing a few philosophies and ideas concerning the topic of death and what comes after because honestly it's pretty interesting and no one really knows what comes after. So it's fun to, you know, think about and discuss. So to begin, we kind of have to define what death is, yeah? Um, there's a lot of things that define being dead, depending on who you ask. There's a lot of things that define being alive, depending on who you ask. See, uh, death actually is just the dying, right? Because, like, death itself as a force doesn't really exist death is just something being not alive right but the problem with that is who says what alive is so for example in the stanford encyclopedia of philosophy there are three or four but mainly three philosophies of life animalists are people who say we're alive as humans there are personists who say that we are alive as a conscious person ability to think and there are mindists, which say that we are alive as minds that may or may not be self-aware. If we are animals, what the conditions of animals? Our deaths mean that we are described by the ending of these vital processes. That sustain our existence. Breathing, heart beating, you know, such and such. If we are minds, our deaths are true in the fashion by the extension of the vital process. These are things that destroy the mind, destroy the brain. And if... Uh, living is determined by retaining certain psychological features, the loss of those features would constitute death. This all has very different implications. For example, dementia, terrible disease, right? Dementia can destroy mental faculties without destroying the mind itself. It just destroys the consciousness. So to animals, ana, animalists and mindists, that person is alive. But to personists, the person is dead. Humans can destroy a brain with trauma, becoming vegetative. Now, this is what we call being brain dead. To mindists, they are dead since they lost the ability to think, and so they are alive to animalists and personists because the body itself is still alive. The mind can also exist without a body. For example, um, brain in a jar type thing, right? You have the brain outside of the body. It would still be alive, quote-unquote. We can claim the mind is a state of being, and it doesn't have to be self-aware. So to animal and personalists, they're dead. But to mindists, they aren't. While it's all very interesting to learn about, um, the truth is, when applied to humans, death is death, right? We all kind of have a good grasp of what death is. There's no need to get too technical about it. See, death is concrete, yeah? Like I said earlier, it's not the opposite of life, but in fact a part of it. Humans and almost all vital beings are programmed to die. We have a lifespan for a reason. It's beneficial to a species as a way of helping population control, and it's ensuring that our genes are varied instead of everyone being the exact same so we don't die to the same thing, right? It prevents inbreeding, so that's real good, because, you, know, you know, that is pretty disgusting. So, why fear it? Before getting into that, we got to discuss the hotly debated afterlife, because a lot of people believe in it, a lot of people don't believe in it, but a lot of people believe that it's way different from what other people think, right? So... According to a 2017 study by Pew Research, a little online researching firm, the biggest religion in the world is Christianity, sitting at about 31% of the world's populace, so somewhere around 2.3, 2.4 billion. The second is Islam, at 24.1%, followed by people of no declared religion, at about 16%. While there are many forms of an afterlife portrayed in various holy texts and media, arguably the most famous is the good old heaven and hell. The idea of going to the land of light in the sky, or the boiler room down below, is found in some religion. I want to focus on the Catholic, Christian, quote-unquote, heaven and hell. Uh, I myself am a Catholic, not too devoutly, but I am practicing, and as such, I'm pretty familiar with the concept of how not to get in the pearly gates, and how to get in the pearly gates. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news, reads Mark 1.15 in the New International Version of the Bible, one of many, many versions. 
It seems messed up that the way to get into his kingdom isn't really to live a pious life or to be a good person. It is simply to believe in God and repent for sins. While that is good, you know, you want to repent for your sins. My personal issue is the fact that there could simply be people who haven't ever heard of Christianity or may not be fully informed on it, and they could give the charity all their life, work to build houses for the homeless, or do any number of good deeds, and are punished to eternal torment simply for not believing in God. Now, that is just in that version of the Bible. I would like to believe that if there is a good old Savior, you know, Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, would look and see that good deeds, yeah, there are like some people who think some other things, but at the end of the day, as long as you're good, you'll get in, right? I could be wrong, but that's what I'd like to believe. Most organized religions do this, however. Non-believers are doomed to hell or its equivalent simply because they don't really know what to believe in. Religions are about having faith, but without concrete proof of things, many people don't know exactly what to believe in, if anything. Herein lies the first component of the fear of death, right? The what if. What if you believed in the wrong God and are going to hell, or just because you didn't believe in the right one? Or maybe you weren't good enough or didn't repent enough. Maybe it's more of a Buddhist belief type thing and that you'll be reincarnated based on your own deeds and karma. Or maybe it's a spiritualist and the soul lives in the spirit realm with its own consciousness, right? On the other hand, what if there isn't an afterlife and there's just nothing? The unknown is terrifying. It's why people are scared of the dark after all. It's kind of ingrained in, in humans to fear death, but should we really? Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying to go out and actively do harmful things because you're not afraid to die. That would be a huge lawsuit on my hands, and frankly, I don't have the money to pay for all that, or money at all, for that matter. What I'm saying is, rather than actively fearing the end, to try to accept it. No matter what you do, you're going to die someday, right? Some people say that it's terrible because it's just darkness forever, but when you stop and think about it, it's kind of just like sleeping. When you're asleep, you're not really aware that you're sleeping, right? It's not that just your eyes are closed and it's all black and you're sitting there like, man, this is dark. I got to sit here for eight hours. It's you're kind of just like consciousness, just out like a light. You're not in the dark. There isn't any brain to perceive that. You simply are not. And that's it. There's no feeling. There's no dark, just unconscious or no conscious. This, of course, is unless you believe in an afterlife. But, you know, if you believe that there is an afterlife, you shouldn't fear death because you'll pass on, presumably because we're all good people, right? And if you don't believe in one, well, then you just won't ever feel anything ever again. So there's nothing to fear because there's nothing there in the first place. Dying, however, is always going to be scary. No matter how comfortable you are with death, no one actually wants to lose their life. Everyone wants to continue being. Too many things and too many people to miss. The sooner you become aware that you're dying really, really slowly and are going to die eventually someday, you can really start living. The whole point of life is that it is finite. It can't be sustained forever, so you gotta make it count while you can. Life to me has no meaning. The universe just goes and does what it wants to chaos, as do all of its subjects. We're people just floating, trying to survive, so it's up to you to make your life meaningful. You aren't born with a purpose, you give yourself that purpose. If it's helping others, great. If it's chasing a job, perfect. If you're cultivating skills and hobbies, that's great. Life has the meaning that you give it. There are two definites in life. One's that you're gonna die, and another one's that you're going to have to pay taxes or else that whole dying stuff is going to come a lot faster than you think because they do not play. And to any tax auditors, um, FBI agents, or IRS workers, I don't work, so I don't have any money. So, you know, don't pretend to steal. I mean, take percentage for reasons. The past has already happened. You got to learn to accept it and let it go. The future is uncertain, and it's your actions right now that affect it. The time you have is a gift. That's why it's called the present, after all. 
Thanks for listening. Until next time.